1: Good morning. Great to be with you here on Winners on this Saturday morning here on SEN Track. Good morning to you listening on your local SEN Track dial right across the country. And a big hello to you wherever you may be listening on the SEN app. Big show coming your way. It's a group one day once again at Eagle Farm, highlighted by the Queensland Oaks. A lot of rain around Melbourne. We're on a soft six at the moment. Wouldn't be surprised if we get a downgrade at some stage um, there today at Flemington. and I'm racing on a good four there at Rose Hills. Some terrific racing at Moorferville as well. Um, Belmont across there in the west and some handy harness racing and greyhound racing tonight. We'll find you plenty of winners, of course, after 10 o'clock. Um, we'll be catching up with all of our experts and then race card after that. But this is winners brought to you by Kilmore Toyota and English Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer along with Picklebet. And it is, what, three minutes past nine? So let's get stuck into the opening bell.
0: The opening bell with Jules Valance. Good
1: morning to you, Jules. Good morning, Jules.
2: How are you, mate?
1: I am very well, mate. I am very well. I'm like I'm driving a car these days, and I don't know how I'm driving, but I'm getting there. How's how's life? Uh, surviving.
2: Yep. Just getting through some um, inclement weather at the moment, just trying to find a way to something. I'll get some sun on the back, but um, maybe in the next month or two.
1: It's interesting looking at the track conditions today out there in Queensland. Perfect. Every horse should get their opportunity. You would imagine on a good four, Um I think it might be a little difficult to make up ground when they're racing on a firm track there at Eagle Farm. Rose Hill are on a good four, and I think that you'll need to be on pace. And um, Liam O'Keefe has just sent through a text message saying, mate, it's a soft six at the moment, but we do not want any more rain. And when I look outside, we're hosting from Melbourne uh, this morning. The rain continues to fall, so it might be worth just waiting a little bit just to monitor to see how this track will play at headquarters.
2: Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, you look at um, what they got last night. So they've had just under three mils last night and it pushed into the soft six. So we're sort of sitting at a soft five, gets to a soft six. And if they didn't get the three mils, you're probably thinking they're bordering on closer to a good four. So it just goes to show that I think as much as we have in our head that Flemington's this great drying track, which it is, but that's usually in those spring months and we're in October and November, we can have plenty of rain and Liam's team can get heaps of work into the track that it can absorb that rain and it doesn't really matter and we end up still back on a good foot. It's very different this time of the year in winter. I think they cop a little bit of rain and they're going to get rain, obviously, a little bit more today. you just got to have in your head that it's not going to dry as quick as what we think in the winter months compared to the spring months. And we've been talking about it a little bit over the last sort of six weeks at Flemington, that it seems to be holding the juice a little bit more than it would in spring. So... That shows. I mean, you know, Liam texting you saying we're going to be on a we're we're currently on a six and you know could possibly be a downgrade. We just got to shift our belief of Flemington from month to month and, and the different times of the year. Fantastic track, we know that. I don't think it's going to have too much impact on how it races. I think it races beautifully every time. He does a great job, but we just need to be mindful that it's not spring right now and it doesn't dry as quick as it would on Melbourne
1: Cup Day. Opening bell is all about analysing markets. And we did that last week. Invincible Caviar was a perfect example there. You took Invincible Caviar on. She drifted in the market. She didn't win. But then on Monday on the review show, you said, well, she's a horse worth following, maybe when she steps up and trips. So we'll see if we can analyse these markets today because it's not necessarily trying to work out. You might do all the form in the world and you might be liking a few horses today. And we're not saying that if the market goes, the horse that you want to back, um, it, whether it firms or whether it eases, that you shouldn't back it today. But the whole idea of the opening bell is to try and analyse these markets and hopefully help you back winners at the end of the day. Yeah,
2: yeah that, that's part of it. I think, I think the whole idea of it is is that we're not saying that the market's the be-all and end-all. Absolutely no. not. I mean, and that's there's so many different ways to skin a cat. You don't have to pet SP you sometimes to win the race, what we're, the, the premise of the show here, and hopefully the punters can understand is, we're trying to identify horses you probably should be backing, you know, as we're going live to air now or in the next half an hour. And then there's most often horses that you probably should wait on because the market seems to be going to let you on later on that you're going to get a better price. That's just giving you more bang for your buck. You might have a hundred dollars or $50 to be able to spend. And that's all you have to spend. You want to try and get as much investment, um, or return out of that investment as you can. So that's what we're trying to do here, guys.
1: And you can join our conversation anytime you want. We've got a couple of terrific prizes to give away. One 235548 is the number to give us a call on. One 235548 or you can send us a text message. 736. nine seven three six seven three six. Let's have a look at the biggest race today around the country, and that's the Queensland Oaks. And this is an interesting betting race because of the scratching on Thursday afternoon of uh, the favourite in Fireburn, and she would have started a dominant favourite in my eyes, but now the market's been turned upside down. First of all, when you have a look at the fluctuations, Jules, don't think a horse that's been 15 into $7 has been a big go because when the favourite comes out of a market like that with all of the percentage that she was taking up, um, then all of a sudden it's basically a new market.
2: Hundred percent. And and that's really important for the for the punter to understand if they're on an app or something where they're having the bet, they'll probably have an opening fluck and then they'll see that it's, you know, firmed in. But I think your best guide I know Fireburn sort of came out Thursday at some stage, your best guide really is to probably go from Saturday morning, say scratching time, say eight o'clock or something like that. And that's gonna be your best guide to determine what the market's doing. This has been in the last fifteen minutes a good old fashioned go here. Um, so, Renaissance Woman was holding favouritism clearly, uh, Gaz. No doubting that whatsoever. It was sitting around 360, 370. Now, it really hasn't moved. It's just budged to 380. What's happened is a fair silver has been off the map in the last 10 minutes. So, sort of 440 bet, um, then $4, and now it's $3.80 equal favourite. And from what I can see, I mean, it looks like a fair silver going to start favourite in this Queensland Oaks, which I wouldn't have said if you'd spoke to me half an hour ago, um, she has been a really good push uh, in the last 10 minutes in particular.
1: We had a chat to Dave Eustace. He said that she's over or he's over the moon with the way that she's traveled up to Queensland. She was dominant in Australasian you know? Oaks. She's got a wide escape to overcome, but she's proven that she can do that like she did there in, in Adelaide. Is it is the money coming for her because of the stable? Is the money coming for her because they think that Alan might be able to go forward and, get a tactical advantage on a renaissance woman. How do
2: you... Yeah, Yeah, it's an interesting... I would think, you know, obviously that does factor into pricing models, the camps. There's there's no doubting that. I, I probably would look at it more from a perspective of she's been there, done that over a similar distance. And do they think that this race is going to be run at a really solid tempo and they think she might be able to absorb it? Whereas renaissance woman sort of getting to this kind of distance and, yes, she was very good last start, in the traditional lead up. But if they think it's a really going to be a really fast solidly race, does that blunt probably the class of Renaissance woman over this kind of distance? That's the way I sort of look at it, that they seem to, especially when they're betting at this time, um, the bigger guy. So it seems to me that they've done their maps and they think, okay, this is a genuinely run race. We think who's going to be the best stayer out of all of them. They probably have no doubt the Renaissance Woman's the best, best horse. But this is not over a mile. This is over 2,200 metres, and they think if it's a fast-run race, a fair survive is going to be better suited. That's the way I read that, Gaz.
1: What are they doing with the New Zealand horses? I'm always fascinated by the horses across the ditch because we know that they've had tremendous success during our carnivals. Sakura Girl gets Opie Bossum. Has she been solid in the market? There's a few question marks whether she will get a strong Oaks trip here in Queensland today.
2: Yeah, I think she's one that's probably, if you do like her hold off, I think you're going to get a better price. That $9 looks like it's going to get into double figures. And if there's a question mark on possibly her getting 2200 metres, then you look at, okay, what are they backing? And they're backing horses that they can absorb the high pressure race. So it sort of shows that maybe she's the one that's possibly going to be also getting spat out from a market perspective. So I think if you like, secure a girl. I'd be holding off. You're going to get a better price than that $9.59 that's available right now.
1: I'm fascinated by a few of the other races there at Eagle yes. Farm today. I'm all over Clemenceau. Now, this is a perfect example, and you can explain this to us, Mug Punished, Jules. So Clemenceau last start in the takeover target at Gosford. Starts $2.90. It was backed off the map. They were climbing out of trees to back Clemenceau. <laughs> a horse that was a drifting second or third favourite on that particular day was Think It Over who's now been given a slot by Newgate in a Everest and is the favourite for the Stradbroke. Now, Clemiseau didn't have any luck. It wasn't Jason Collett's greatest ride on that day there at, at Gosford. He went to the inside, wasn't the place to be. So you're getting $8, Clemiseau, now from a low gate with a little bit of pace in this race. And he meets horses like a Prince of Boom, who's, who's pretty good, but I don't think is in the category or the class of a, a think-it-over. Quantico is one of those horses that, Always finds a little bit of bad luck, and you could probably say the same for Clemenceau, And then Baller, who's looking for his third Morton Cup, but explain this with the SP: How Clemenceau today, off what we saw at, at Gosford, is eight dollars here? Yeah,
2: it's a different race, so it's a it's a whole different dynamic. Yeah. Um, I think the the issue here again is gate three is if they don't lead on this horse, where are they? Leaders back or are they end just up off being... the sp-
1: off the speed there, Jill smoking the pipe? Yep. Yeah, yeah so smoking the
2: pipe but if, sometimes you can smoke the pipe but unfortunately horses can't jump other horses no. um you know in a horse race unless you're obviously in a hurdle there's no hurdles here so um that's going to be difficult i think looks looks like the speed mappers are thinking well clemen so yeah it brings a pretty good form line but still got to somehow find a position now i will also say that uh, i think it's going to get better than seven dollars fifty or the you know, even $8 that you can sort of get right now. It seems to be easy in the market along with far too easy. Um, they're the two that seem to be soft. Quantico is just solid as a rock. There is, I cannot find a chink in the market. Now, you might be able to find a chink in the form. That's fine. But I'm just talking from a market perspective. It has been solid all across the board, Quantico. Uh, obviously, they think that it maps really well. James McDonald wrote a few winners last uh, last week in Brisbane. Um, they tick a lot of boxes. Dry track. I think it's clearly, you can see, identify that its best ever figures are on a bone dry track. So it gets every opportunity. No real knock from a market perspective of Prince of Boom either. They're the two that are really solid. And as I say, if you like Clemens so are Far Too Easy, I think I'd be holding off because I think you're going to get a better price.
1: The final event's an interesting race. I think this is nearly the race of the day. You've got Golden Boom, who Tony Golden's declared once again, if you recall. This was the horse that was heavily supported a few weeks ago at Doom, but um, other horses that are of interest. Red Card smashed the clock, this filly, out of a good race there at Scone. And history tells you, Golf, Godolphin like to target some of their better fillies, like a Sapoteo in a Denise's Joy there at Scone, and then they go on to better things, and that could be the case for Red Card. And then you get a horse like a Written in Code that was probably a little unlucky against a Red Card that, is tipped there today by Chris Nelson. So what's the market doing here?
2: Oh, this is, this is a fascinating race. And what yeah. we're seeing right now is um, not those top three that you mentioned are all bringing great form lines. And I know Golden Boom, you could suggest, fell in last up, but I've got it rating a pretty good race. So I don't think it's going to get spat out completely. Red card, you're right. That race just went enormous and written in code didn't have much luck. They're the three that are holding sway here, but I can't, I couldn't push you into one or the other is going to start favourite. If I had to be, you know, um, knife to the throat, I would suggest red card probably starts favourite off that big number. It did last start slightly, uh, which is sort of what the market has right now. But they're three genuine good horses. I love these kinds of races where you've got horses that have really lit up the clock from different parts of the globe. They all meet in one space and everyone can have their own opinion. And I don't think this is one where, the market's really going to take a set against either of these three uh, or any of these three. So that, that's um, a really exciting prospect if you like one over the other, because you're going to sort of get um, some pretty pretty good value, even though you know, you'll suggest, oh, the value is not at $4, or sometimes the value can be very much at $4 if you sort of remove the other two for whatever reason the way you do your form.
1: There's a few other interesting races there at Eagle Farm. The Phoenix is probably the last chance for a few of these two-year-olds to put their hand up towards a JJ Atkins. Um, next week, Influential's an interesting horse. It had big wraps on it. Uh, he had big wraps on him before he failed there the other day on the Sunshine Coast. So is there any other races or horses that really um, stand out to you there, Jules, on this program that you think this will be interesting to see how this goes because of the market?
2: Um, in that first race you, you spoke about the Phoenix the f- sort of current favourites the Azula, uh, Azula if you do like it I would think you're going to get a better price than the $3.40 sort of currently being shocked at the moment so um, I'd be holding off on it if you like it I think you're going to get a better price there but you're right it's a pretty um, solid day from a market perspective as well sort of flat open markets uh, that I think you know we're obviously going to see plenty of, of movement but um No, it's going to be very interesting Eagle Farm. I love the fact that it's going to be on a dry track. They'll run some really good times, and usually good times, dry tracks. Uh, Barring bad luck that you don't get a run, Um, best horse usually wins. Interesting, that Foxy Frida race in race five, that Magic Million race, Gaz, it was just heavily backed in Adelaide. It's probably going as good as it's ever gone. Just probably, I reckon, you're going to get better than that $2.20. So again, not saying it can't win or whatever you want to do with it, but I'd be holding off on Foxy Frieda. I think he might get better than that two twenty $2.20, two dollars twenty five currently being shopped. Really good betting for Osmos down the bottom gate one. Uh, it's you know they sort of shopped sixteen dollars and eleven dollars and now sort of even eight dollars into six dollars this morning. So they're backing a few middle pinners around Foxy Frieda, meaning he might be getting better than the two twenty five currently being shopped.
1: Dean Watley and Mickey Gaddon. They were talking about how they and good on. Got on the lads. They were they they defeated the SP there on Thursday with the weekend preview. I think we're getting thirteen dollars with Osmos there on the Thursday. Um and it was because they thought that there was a, a tactical advantage with this waterhouse and bot runner, inside draw, on pace, not too much pace in this race, and men could give a good kick and be hard to hard to beat with horses trying to chase when it can pull off some really good sectionals. So That's why you would imagine some of the bigger players can see that this morning as well, Jules. That's why that horse I would imagine would be having plenty of support today and over the last couple of days.
2: Yeah. Outstanding analysis and absolutely right. I mean, we know that um, the map has such a big impact on, you know, what the markets can possibly be doing. You want to have a map advantage uh, on Australian racetracks. That's just proven statistical data backs that up. So, no doubt it's going to have the map advantage. It's just whether it's going to be able to hold off Foxy Frieda, who I say it is in rare air at the moment.
1: While we're on Eagle Farm, Barry wants to know, I'm I'm in love with Malkovich, Jules. What price should I get for that gallop? I'm going to back it regardless today, but I just think back to 1,000. It should be winning, but I just want to know, should I back it late or should I take fixed odds or should I go the tote? Go
2: well, I, w- I was suggesting I wouldn't be ever going the tote, but that's, that's yes. my point of view. Um, <laughs> I think I think Malkovich.
1: I think that five
2: fifty. If you can get six dollars, I think that's probably a good bet. I, I don't think the market's going to no. spit it out from that gate four. It seems a pretty, you know, you know what you're going to get with Malkovich. You're going to be sitting on speed. So I have no real issue there. If you can get you know five fifty six dollars, I don't think it's going to start you know much bigger than that, and I don't think it's going to be a, a big mover. But yeah, I'd be taking around that five dollars, uh, five dollars fifty, six dollars. I think uh, Barry probably be a good bet. I'll
1: get will get to more of your text messages in just a moment. Oh four double nine seven three six seven three six, and uh, the phone lines are open one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. We're giving away a Signet Power Bank because you need your phone on charge throughout the day, and Signet Power Banks are the best in the business. And also, if you're around the Victoria region or you're visiting Melbourne, um, we'll give you 18 holes plus a cart at the Mandalay Golf Club, which is a beautiful club, just about 45 minutes outside of the city of Melbourne. So um, give us a call, one or 499 736 That's the number you can text us on. We'll take a quick break. This is the opening bell. You're with Gareth Hall and Jules Valance on winners on this Saturday morning, thanks to England's Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer, Kilmore Toyota, ready when you are, kilmoretoyota.com.au and Picklebet.
0: Seize your moment with Inglis in 2023. Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer. Sale catalogues online now at inglis.com.au. Live across Australia on SEN Track. This is Winners with Gareth Hall.
1: You don't know how you met me. You don't know why you can't turn. Great to be with you on Winners Gareth. All Jules Valence with you on this Saturday morning. One three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. One three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. Give us a call if you got a question for Jules. Or you want to know anything about any of the horses that you might be backing? As we analyse the markets here on this Saturday morning, and 049-736-736 is the number to give us. A text on host of text messages coming through, so Jules might go through a few of them right now. Gareth and Jules, do you prefer or recommend choosing fixed odds or top toed multis? And is your preference win only or place multis? And what's the best multi builder horse in Australia today? Um, that's from Danny from Berwick. I think you prefer to go fixed odds for mine with the, With um, if you're having a multi, and it just depends what you enjoy, Danny. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer regarding how you go about your multis, as long as you're having some fun, Jules.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. I think fixed odds, you control your own destiny. Right. When you go with the tote, you're a little bit in the, I won't say the lap of the gods, but you're unsure which way it's going to go. So I think you control it yourself. You control your own narrative and um, you go fixed odds. And, and also, I mean, it's it's up to personal preference, whether you want it to be win, place, whatever you want to do. Um, that's, that's that's for wide you know your own your own own decisions own decisions own choices.
1: I think Clemenceau is my best around the country today. It's not a good thing, but you're getting eight dollars, maybe more, Jules, according to um, Foxcatcher. I think you'll get. I think
2: you'll get, you, you get a little bit better than that. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Morning, G. After the the great few weeks of Harry Coffey's being rewarded with some great chance today, the best bookings I've seen for him for quite some time what do you think boys that's from steph from seafood seafood he, he's riding really well at the moment harry and getting opportunities like as steph pointed out like we probably haven't really seen him have before especially in town jules
2: yeah he's, he's exceeding uh, market expectations so that's a positive so um you know they get these opportunities these kinds of riders who who we know well enough i mean they ride enough in town but when You know, a couple of these other jockeys either go to Queensland or they have some time off through this time to do whatever. Um, It's a great opportunity for them to showcase their talents in the town on a more common time instead of having, say, three or four rides in town, possibly market expectation not that high. They get seven or eight rides and they're all sort of single-figure prices. So, you know, they take that opportunity, can really springboard into – into, say, spring, I think probably a couple of years ago, we saw Daniel Moore really do that. He really took off his career, just yeah. went through the roof when he, he just took his opportunities. A few jockeys suspended through whatever reasons. Um, he got an opportunity, he took that, and and he rode really well for that you know period of time and, and has continued to do that. So we can see these jockeys get an opportunity. It's, it's what they do with it.
1: Good question here from Kyle coming through. G'day, lads. Just wondering what price you think Grave River will start today. This is the horse that broke Jules' heart a few weeks back um, when he was when she was scratched there from Flemington and went to Adelaide. But I think we get to see Grave River at Flemington this afternoon, Jules.
2: Yeah, if you'd spoke to me 20 minutes ago, geez, I thought this horse might get a little bit soft here. Last five minutes, it's firmed right back up. So... Um, I don't think it gets back out with a three in front unless something drastic happens with this track. Now, as this track continues to possibly deteriorate soft six, soft seven, around the circle, we speak about Flemington a lot being as even a track as you can get and leaders falls off the cliff. Here we get this huge, big swing about and leaders, I've got the numbers, that leaders have got a great record now when this track's like this out eight metres around the circle. And we know that Grey River probably getting to 1,400 metres from that inside draw is going to sit in the first three or four. I'd be surprised if it did That's the way I've got it mapping. So um, it could be a major plus for Grey River. And I think, yeah, if you can get $3 plus about it, I think that might be a spoil come the time that uh, these gates do open.
1: Are you as keen on that horse as you were a few weeks back?
2: I was really, uh, to be honest, I thought it was the one last start was the race. It just, it lacked the depth that I think it's got today. I've still backed it today, no doubting that. Um, I thought it's run in Adelaide over 1,200 metres, which I still don't think... I think 1,400 metres is its ideal trip where it can control the tempo Gets Blake's shin. It's hard hard to knock. There's just a few horses here that are no mugs that concern me a little bit. So um, I don't think it's as easy a race as what it was two weeks ago, if that was the time duration. But I do think it does set up very well, especially the way I think Clemson might play today.
1: Great question from Marto. He's probably the favourite to take out our prizes today, or one of them anyway. Morning, boys. Um, hope, hopefully you agree now, Jules, before even I've uh, asked you this question. Um, morning, boys. Question for Jules with the HQ Soft 6, which is Flemington, and wet weather around presumably uh, presumably leading to lower volume of wagering turnover. Does it make it any harder to interpret relatively uh, relative race morning market moves? That's from Marto.
2: Good point. It's still there's still enough volume there, and there's still the big enough players that are playing in this space to be able to you know predict with a fair bit of confidence what the market's going to do. They don't get it right all the time. Absolutely not, impossible. But no, I think there's enough around to suggest we're still going to be on the right track, and it still trends how uh, it expects. But it's a fair point. I mean, the turnover could be low, uh, lower compared to say if we're running on a, a good three or a good four, but Flemington does race really well. So there is confidence from especially the bigger players that dictate a lot of our turnover in this um, game. Uh, They they trust Flemington. So, So that's a positive there.
1: Thoughts on TikTok, Lady Lads, at Flemington today. Race three, number 13. Party for one, clearly the one to beat. Can see TikTok Lady improving on its last run. That's from Sean from Perth. Good on you, Sean.
2: Yeah, if you like it, hold off. Yes. You're going to get a better price than nine fifty, ten dollars, even eleven dollars. You'll get better than that. Party for one's probably been the best back runner throughout the day at Flemington. So um, I know there was a scratching, dazzling Lucy, but there's not much deduction in that. You know, you can sort of speak, forget about the early early price, but you're sort of getting three fifty's become three dollars, two eighty this morning after scratchings has now become two dollars forty. So really sustained push for party for one. And, yeah, if you're like TikTok, lady, not saying don't back it, I'd just be holding off. You're going to get a better price than the dollars
1: $10. This is a ripper question from Danny. Boys, when are you looking at the market? I think we have to look at our um, ownership. Having been part of big syndicates and country horses, it seems that they always get backed in shorter than they should. Um, that's an interesting – I think especially in country areas, if you've got a big syndicate of people in, sometimes you can see more volume for that that horse regarding – um, people backing it than what might be um, the norm with any other horse, Jules. Your thoughts there? I think you can see it,
2: um, especially through the totes. Yeah. Um, there's the discrepancy there that you'll see it sort of shorter the totes um, early doors, which again is just a complete. You know, don't be too get worried about what the totes are doing 15 minutes out from a race and think oh, I should back it from the tote because that's just it's not going to happen. The big the big um, volume happens in the last two minutes through the totes. So just because it's uh, really big on the totes at some stage, five minutes out means absolutely zero. You're not going to get a, get, a, get a spoil if, if the bigger guys want to be with it. But I think there's something in that. We speak about it a lot, these talking horses or horses that are popular that have got picket fences. Um, and then if there's a big ownership group as well, no doubt it has some impact. I find it very minimal. You would see it through the totes. I don't think you would see it too much through fixed odds.
1: Hi guys, I've had Belth in race six at Flemington Black Book. It's been impressive in its two starts I've watched in Australia. Good each way bet at twenty one dollars. Your thoughts there? It's from Sadie.
2: Yeah, if you get the twenty one dollars, take it. I think I think there's enough there to suggest there might it, um, might tighten up a little bit. Again, pretty good race, and they're you know backing a few as you spoke about Grey River, but um, you know Private Jumbo's got a, enough supporters and Brunking. King, so it looks a very Competitive open race, that one outside of the favourite Grey River at the moment. Keith,
1: okay, the text message is coming through. I'll get to more of those straight after the news. His time flies when you're having fun. It's nine thirty-five. Oh four double nine seven three six seven three six. I think we fixed up the phone lines now. One three hundred twenty-three fifty-five forty-eight. One 48 A Cigna Power Bank um, phone charger to give away for the best caller today. Plus, we'll give you 18 rounds of golf at one of the my favourite golf courses just outside of Melbourne at Mandalay. About 45 minutes outside of the CBD of Melbourne. So give us a call, one 23 55 48 That's one 23 48 This is the opening bell with Jules Valance and Gareth Hall on winners on this Saturday morning.
0: You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit GamblingHelpOnline.org.au. The SEN app, now compatible with Apple Watch. Download today to listen anywhere, anytime. Making news this hour, a collision between two passenger and one freight train in India has left at least 200 people dead and over 900 injured. A Melbourne boy is fighting for his life after being stabbed on a bus yesterday afternoon. New South Wales police have charged a 45-year-old man with murder following the death of his three-year-old son in Sydney on Wednesday. And the first neighbours of the building, destroyed by fire in Sydney last week, are being allowed to return home. SEN.com.au Sport is next.
1: Welcome back to winners on this Saturday morning. Great to be with you. Some news coming out of Sydney and Melbourne. Um, we've got perfect conditions there in Sydney, but it's a soft six in Melbourne as the rain continues to fall, and we're playing on a perfect surface, you would imagine, there at Eagle Farm on a good fall this afternoon ahead of the Queensland Oaks. 049736736 to Join our conversation. The lines are open. Give us a call 1300 2355 48. 1300 2355 48. A Signet Power Bank um, is uh, the prize for the best caller. So you can keep your mobile nice and charged throughout a day on the punt. Now, Jules, there's a few other questions coming through, but I just want to ask you about some of these races at Flemington this afternoon. And this first race interests me because. We had Campbell Brown come on SN track yesterday saying he's got a tip for uh, Condigo, this New Zealander that's unbeaten for the marsh camp, Lake Shin Rides, and it was about $4 when he was tipped this galloper in the middle part of the week. And his mates are telling him that this horse might start closer to a $1.92 than, say, $3. What's your thoughts on that theory?
2: Well, his mates are wrong.
1: Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> i unlike, unlike Brown, he's mates to be wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it's going to
2: start um, anywhere near even money. This is actually a really good betting race. So again, you've got horses with not bad form lines sort of coming from everywhere and then deciding to meet. I mean, there's enough support in a horse like Stepati to sort of hold that price of Cotigo. I mean, Cotigo could it's it's been firm. There's no no doubting that. It's pretty solid around that three dollars. But um, you know, Sunsource looks like it's going to be a hole in the market. So I think if you like Sunsource, you're going to get better. I think probably Shoracy as well, you're going to get better. So it looks like Cotico and Stepati are the two that the market want to be with. How far that continues to push for Cotico, I'm not too sure. But I'd be surprised if it started at $1.90. But I've been wrong many times for the gas.
1: Is it the horse to beat in your eyes, Ah, or- uh,
2: Look... Probably is, but again, I mean, it's a small field. So uh, I think the way this track's going to be, up the straight, and we speak about this a lot, I think you want to be drawn wide gates in a big field. Now, it's not going to matter with two-year-olds because they sort of want to go back to the inside anyway. So gate one's not going to be a negative there. I think it probably is. I don't think Step Hardy's uh, a mug. So it's a race that I don't play too much into unless I think there's a big edge with one of these, um, two-year-olds. I don't see the big edge here, so I'm happy to watch and then sort of make a, an assessment maybe possibly for next start. We can we can launch one, but I'm happy to see these horses go around and, and, and see how it all evolves.
1: Good. That's, Andrew was asking the same question. Will the New Zealand form hold up for race one at Flemington today? It's a good question you ask, Andrew, and I'll just ask Jules whether he thinks that, that Galloper – Condigo would be hard to beat there in that first race at Flemington but we see it so often these days and it confuses us a little bit that we're trying to work out the New Zealand form and replicate what that would mean here in Victoria or Queensland or New South Wales and I don't think I've met anyone that can have the data or the the ratings that rate up and give us a a, a an idea with Hundred percent clarity on how these, how how you think these international horses can measure up against our our, our very own jewels. It's a it's a difficult yeah. one to to analyze for mine.
2: It's tricky. There's no doubting that. I mean, you know, I've got my sort of numbers on New Zealand horses, and sometimes that can align with the market, and horses get back right off the map. It doesn't guarantee you success, and you know, we sort of saw it with horses like Legato and Pro S, so the real top echelon ones. You know. Um, can measure right up and, and we see that the market loves them and, and they can win races for you. But it's when those lower grade horses come, it, it can be sometimes hard to measure up. And yeah, sometimes it's a little bit, you've got to suck it and see it and, and, and see where they do sort of fit in in the scheme of Victorian racing or whether it be New South Wales, Wales racing or, or wherever jurisdiction they come. But yeah, it's very hard. And um, you know, if you, if you don't have a really good guide on it, we should be blind, uh, betting blindly, that's for
1: sure. Last question before we go to a break, and this is from Tom. Jules have been tiptoe for these last couple of starts and he's been woeful, especially the other day. Do I give him another chance? And what's the market doing with him today?
2: What's um, the horse,
1: though? Hopeful. Um, that's in race number two there at Flemington, and Nisham's Galloper. They did tip it in Sydney the other day because I did have – Team on the stable mail and he didn't probably live up to expectations hopeful.
2: Yeah, it's an interesting one because sort of this morning he's been $9 into $6.50. Okay. I think that's just about the floor now. So I think you're going to get better than that six, $6.50. six How much bigger? I'm not too sure. But um, this is a really flat open market. I mean, this is as open a race as you'll get. you sort of got Deagler around that $3.60 mark. Um, you know, and he's not heavily, he's not really, really solid. So I think there's going to be a bit to happen here, but I think you're going to continue to see a really flat open market throughout betting with, with this race. I think probably the one hole in the race looks like filo star, sort of that $4.60 this morning seems to be five fifty now, and I think you'll get bigger than that about the horse that's going really well over the sticks. But um, hopeful, back to the original question. Yeah, been really well supported, but now I think it's reached its mark. And now I think you'll see it probably drift out a little bit at some stage.
1: I got eight dollars for Alakahan there the other day. Um I see that he's as low as four dollars eighty. Um Harry rides for Kiramar and David Eustace. Your thoughts about his chances there, Jules, with the market especially?
2: Yeah, really solid. So yeah. don't think you're gonna get much bigger than that sort of five. So really good push. Um yeah, yeah you're in the, right the market. Hand.
1: Mover, Jules. See, there you, you. go. Yeah. yeah,
2: no, so um just <laughs> Yeah, I just freezed over. So, um, <laughs> no, it's it's all good stuff, guys. But, yeah, no, it looks pretty solid in the market to my
1: eye, mate. Yeah. Um, and is an interesting run because he's got those four lines behind a couple of nice horses, and he did defeat the boom horse, didn't he, uh, White Marlin, the other day. And you would think that White Marlin form would be good enough for this. But what's he – and Patrick Payne's on fire as well. So what's he doing?
2: Yeah, he's just holding his price at that 360. But it, there's a bit of a – like, from what I can see – I think you might get better than the $3.60. I mean, clearly, I think he's the class horse in the race. Is it going to be a brutally run 2,500 metres race? And if it is, is that a weakness in him? But if he gets a really soft 2,500 metres, his class probably gets him over the line because it's not going to, you know, uh, sap the energy out of him. So I think the market's finding him really difficult because on class alone, we know he's the best horse in the race. And to be honest, you'd be expecting him probably to start with the two in front, but... Maybe there's some concerns that this is going to be run at a really good, solid tempo, and then that might find him out.
1: Beautiful. Hopefully the jockeys riding in front are going better than me with a clock in their head because I've got about 12 text messages to get through, and I've got about four minutes of airtime left in this house. So I need to take a break, and I'll come back with more of your questions. Plus, we'll take a look at some of those races there at Rose Hill on a Saturday afternoon. For the opening bell, you with Jules Valence and Gareth Hall on this Saturday morning.
0: Seize your moment with Inglis in 2023. Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer. Sale catalogues online now at inglis.com.au. Live across Australia on SEN Track. This is Winners
1: with Gareth Hall. Welcome back to Winners. Got to get through your questions. And this is a question I want to ask Jules anyway. This is from Jerry Tada Levita in that first race in Sydney, um... Jesus has been heavily supported this morning, Jules. What's the market telling you?
2: Yeah, probably starts what it is around about yeah. now, that sort of dollar seventy-five, dollar eighty, from what I can see. You want to try and look at, okay, is there anything else as a middle pinner being backed? Not particularly. I mean, congregation looks soft, so you're going to get better than the four eighty-five dollars. Stand aside, solid enough without putting too much pressure on the other horse and the others. Um, you know, a bigger prices and they're sort of gapped other than Ekelea, uh, the 6 there. There's a bit of support for it sort the 19 into 14, so it's holding its price. and But that all just suggests that, um, yeah, pretty solid for to the Vita.
1: Matty, Steve, Danny, Tom and Shannon, I'll come to your text messages straight after this.
0: Seize your moment with Inglis in 2023. Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer. Sale catalogues online now at inglis.com.au. Live across Australia on SEN Track. This is Winners with Gareth
1: Hall. Great to be back with you here on Winners on this Saturday morning. and This is the opening bell. Thanks to Inglis, Australia's leading thoroughbred auctioneer in Kilmore Toyota. Ready when you are. Kilmoretoyota.com.au. Love this question. Morning, lads. I understand Punt is setting the markets once they open. Um, I understand Punt is setting the markets once they open, but how does the SP set its markets? Are they compute algorithms that compute odds, or is there a team of anal- analysis, anal- um, you know what I mean, working on it? Jules?
2: I'm confused by the question because the SP is just the starting price of when a horse actually starts. Correct. So that's when they
1: so, open the gates. So how does it – I think that the listener is trying to explain. So how does it like do, – so in the latter stages of betting, all right, is it computerized, the, 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 the market with people backing horses, or is it like people like you, Jules, saying there's a heap of money for um, – Ray River to win, but I'm taking her on, so I'm going to keep yeah. her at that price. You know, that's what I, I think that's what he's trying to order. Yeah, each, each
2: bookmaker would have an opinion. I mean, it, we speak purely of just fox catching. we have an opinion on certain horses. Now, we, whether we want to actively weigh them um, or whether we want to look after them and sort of back them ourselves. So, we try and create a book that, and, and it all depends on the liability of each book and how much they're willing to stand certain horses till it gets to a breaking point and how much they want to get out of horses. Um, so they'll push certain horses to whatever price they wanted to try and get some activity, and vice versa. They'll look after horses, either be a roll under or two rolls under, that they don't want to weigh because they might have it for a, a certain amount that you know they're not comfortable with uh, as a liability. So each joint has their own method and analysis. But, yeah, usually, um, I mean, I speak for a place like us, it's very human, human touch. We definitely do our own form and, and try and... Uh, trade accordingly.
1: But it's changed the bookmaking game. A lot of back in the old days, they still used to follow the other bookmakers because that's what they would have to do when someone's backing a horse at a ring. But especially with the sport these days and some of the other codes, it is computerised a little bit, Jules, isn't it? you 100%. Yeah, you haven't got the manpower to to do it all.
2: No, correct. And and it is computerised, absolutely. Sort of one goes off and it's follow the leader in terms of, you know, when a a big... um, Professional punter bets, he'll try and bet as many joints as he can, but it follows in and it cascades everywhere, whether that whether that joint's laid that bet or not. That's just the way the game is now. So, yeah, absolutely, Computerization is a huge factor in, in what goes on right now.
1: Well done to Danny. You've won the, the Signet Power Bank um, prize there today, so your phone will be charged throughout the day. Danny from Berwick, so well done to Danny. What about your best and your best lay of the day, Jules?
2: Yeah, I like a few today. To be honest, guys at Flemington, I'm backing Legio ten in race four. In race five, I'm backing Son of Solly. I think the setup's really good. Race six, I like Grey River and Lay. I found it really difficult to find one, but I'm going to lay Trey Forty in the last.
1: Yeah, I would too. Trey Forty. Other ah, people to collide. Yeah, um, and I tell you what, Leo, uh, Legio 10, that was someone at Bendigo the other day. They don't do what that horse did that, that day, do they, Jules?
2: Monster last 400, 200, and I love the setup at Flemington where that usually advantage. You got the best last 400, 200. With luck in running, you usually win.
1: You stay dry and get some get some sun, Jules, because all, we all know that you love your sun. We'll catch you on Monday for the review show. Okay. Please, Jules. It's news time, and it's 10 o'clock.
0: The SEN app, now compatible with Apple Watch. Download today to listen anywhere, anytime.